From the heart of the Forest City, focusing on the biggest stories in London, this is the Craig Needles Podcast. Now here's your host, Craig Needles. The Craig Needles Podcast, the Friday Roundtable here at ClassicRock981.com, LondonNewsToday.ca, find us wherever you get your podcasts, and of course, the Craig Needles Podcast is powered by our friends over at the Covent Garden Market and downtown London. We are joined in the studio for the roundtable today by former city councilor Cheryl Miller. Blackburn Media News Manager Scott Kitching is here as well, as is Jeremy McCall, former council candidate and community organizer. Hello, everybody. Thank you for being here. Should have been the councilor. Well, <laughs> that's not... <laughs> we don't need to relitigate elections from two years ago. <laughs> I love you, Cheryl, and thanks for the invite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's talk about all the various things happening in the community this week and, and, and the big story. And I don't know how much time we want to spend talking about this, but the biggest story in London this week was very clearly that uh, the man uh, who f- murdered four members of our London family, Nathaniel Veltman, was found to be a terrorist by a judge. I don't think anyone should be surprised by this decision. And I know people were not happy with him getting a life sentence with no chance of parole for 25 years to be served not consecutively. I, I know people were upset about that. There's all sorts of issues with the way that the, 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 these types of court rulings work in Canada. I just think that there should be some sort of special definition. Now that we have this terrorism law, there should be some sort of special definition within the criminal code for, okay, if you are a terrorist, we lock you up and throw away the key. So you're doing five consecutive life sentences. I understand that lawyers are going to say, well, the Supreme Court said this, the Supreme Court said that. Let's figure something out is my take. What, what, what did you all think of the reaction to the, uh, to the Veltman sentencing that we had this week? Go news, man. <laughs> oh, oh, well, you were, <laughs> I wondered. You were looking at me. I was like, do you want okay. me to go? Okay. Uh, well, look, here, here's, here's what I would say about, first of all, um, I do object a little bit to, to how you um, opened this, Craig, by calling him a man. Yes. Uh, is, <laughs> I'm not sure that's a subhuman. Word. Yeah. I, I mean, what a, you know what, this, this guy... If, if there's any justice in the world, he will never see the light of day again. He will never see the outside of a prison again. And I suspect that probably will be the case. I'm a little bit leery, though. What do you about, mean by that? I don't think parole is something that's ever going to happen oh, for well, him. You're not talking about jailhouse justice. Oh, no, 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 okay. no, no, no. I, I don't No, that. No, what I mean is, is I don't think he I think he is going to live the remainder of his life behind bars. I yes. don't see him ever getting out. And he's going to be a guy who's in solitary yes. like your Bernardos, like yes. your Russell Williams. He is going to yes. earn every day of this sentence. And so where where I'm going with this is is what I mean is he he's never getting out. He is going to serve every day of this life sentence. I firmly believe that. What I am a little bit leery about though to be perfectly honest is is this notion of of a kind of a, a special law based on the severity of of you know, how many murders were committed or, or for what reason or what have you. I, you know, it just, it just makes me a little bit nervous about the idea of saying, okay, so this person killed four people for, you know, hateful racist reasons. We can all agree. Yeah. That guy should never, you know, like parole is not something that's going to happen for him, but to approach this and say, Parole should not even be on the table. We should have a special kind of thing for for this kind of, you know, uh, hatred-based crime and say, no, parole is not an option. You are going to, you know, your life sentence is automatically just that. 
where I get a little bit concerned about that is is then, okay, so who's making the list of reasons why a person should never get parole? Is is Nathaniel Veltman, who killed four people because he hated Muslims, any worse than... Bernardo? Bernardo, or... or you know, or yeah, or, or I'm looking at a, a American case, but Andrea Yates, who who drowned her five children, you know, or or I mean, we even had that case in Barry, Elaine Elaine Campion, who drowned her two children. Are they any less or any more deserving of the opportunity of parole than than, than Nathaniel Veltman? I don't know. So uh, to me, I I think that the system that we have in place now, um, I'm I'm generally when it comes to life sentences, I'm generally okay with it. You know, because if, you know, I, I I think to me, Nathaniel Veldman is never going to get parole. I think we can all agree that's yes. that's the case. So I'm not too worried about whether or not this guy's ever going to walk the streets again. So I don't know that we necessarily need kind of a special provision but, in the okay, criminal so code to remove. Are yeah. you comfortable thinking he's not going to get paroled? Have you ever talked to anybody on the parole board? That, that goes and listens and they're appointed to that board and they really don't have a clue uh, what they're doing they, and they go in. How can I trust them? Because they, Bernardo's been granted uh, opportunities to apply for parole. Yeah, but he's what, never gotten out. That, yeah, yeah but, but he could have three crazy people in there and say, yeah, he needs to get out. I think the, I, I think the whole system in Canada sucks. Yeah, we're weak need. Um, a guy goes and shoots somebody, then he cuts off his ankle bracelet, gone for three years, and they're going to let him out on bail. I mean, we are the worst place in the best place if you want to break the law in Canada because you get away with it. It's a terrible place. Uh, Our judicial uh, system is is uh, terrible. There are a lot of things wrong with it, but like lot. I will say this. Paul Bernardo is never getting out just from like, no matter how dumb the parole board is or who wants to be on there, whatever it is, no Canadian politician is ever going to want to be in office. If Paul Bernardo gets out, there will be literal riots. There was kerfuffle in, this in the country. house. You know that. I yeah. mean, it's that the option is still there. There would be literal the riots. Option is I, I, still yeah, there. And that's the thing. That's so the thing. It, should there be some threshold where the option doesn't exist, I guess, Jeremy, is the question. And uh, I, I get why people in London were angry about this this week. Just for, if only from this perspective. The one, like, Bernardo's ever getting out. The one thing I don't like about the fact that Bernardo has a chance at parole is someone typically... Tim Danson from the, the who represent the Mahaffey and French families. Someone who represents the Mahaffey and French families has to go deal with yep, it when time. it's parole time yep. for him. That I don't like. Yeah. And and like and like I know that we're t- like we're saying, well, Bernardo, that's a a very very you know singular minute uh, uh, point on the Canadian justice system. But we're talking about that with Veltman too. He's in the same class as this guy as far as. We don't have many or any like him. So th- this is the conversation that comes up. Yeah, our justice system, I agree with Cheryl, it is a bit of a mess. I have friends who are police officers and they jokingly refer to it as a criminal rights system yep. in that they're not really being held accountable in a number of ways. Uh, I mean, calling Nathaniel Veltman a terrorist is a great first step. What's happening since then? Absolutely nothing. He's still facing the same uh, system as anybody else who's been uh, given a life sentence. And what Craig just alluded to that we're missing is that anytime you become eligible for parole, regardless of whether or not you're going to get it, you're going 
through a process where you have to re-traumatize the original victims. Exactly. Uh, I'm friends with the family of uh, Nathan Deslip, uh, a local case where he brought his uh, friend into his home, his friend had mental health issues, his friend beat him to death in his own shower. Uh, he's up for parole kind of right about now. And his family has to go in front of the parole board and ask them to not let him out. And this is going to happen every single time he's up for review. They have to be re-traumatized over and over again. So I actually had to write a letter saying, please don't let this guy out. Uh, and so really we have to look at the only system that exists right now that begins to account for these atrocities is the dangerous offender designation. And that involves somebody doing horrible things over and over again with chances to do better and continuing to repeat the behavior, then they get an indeterminate sentence, right? So maybe we start looking at the, the concepts behind that system and how do we apply them to people who create these mass atrocities like the Nathaniel Veltmans. But I mean, if we take one good thing away from this, we're finally starting to have conversations that these people do exist in Canada. I know a guy who drives eggs for a living. Veltman was his coworker. Uh, the night and morning after it happened, he refused to believe that it was he said that guy throws eggs in my truck he's harmless he's nobody and I said no he just ran over a Muslim family and he really had a hard time opening his mind to the idea that that could exist in his own neighborhood and I think until we start having these conversations until we start taking these acts seriously and making the adjustments we need to as a society we're never really going to get to the root of the issue and start to move forward correct I would say this, though. I mean, if, if you want to say if someone is convicted of first degree murder in this country and they get a life sentence, if you want to change the law and say first degree murder means no parole, that means a life sentence is what it is. You go in, you don't come out. Yep. That's perfectly fine with me. Yep. But the idea that we are going to then create separate categories of first degree murder, this person who killed four people because he hates Muslims, no chance of parole. Right. But yep. this guy over here who, you know, killed his business partner. Um, money for money no he's eligible for parole in 25 years like i, I don't like the idea of creating separate categories well we've already of, got it of of first degree murder we've already got separate categories like how it, how do we have separate categories on first degree murder i know well, that we're well, we've, no, we've 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 deemed nathaniel development's asked to be terrorists we're talking yeah, okay. about the system the system has all kinds of categories like it needs it needs a cleansing enema it needs to get a lot of that out and start like I I believe a scorched earth policy would be effective in this situation. We have to start dealing with our criminals in Canada differently. Now let me make it clear. I did at one point support the hang a my system. Don't anymore. But it has to be a punishment. I don't want these people given a chance to get out in the society where I have grandkids or great grandkids or whomever. Well, you're talking you're talking about like violent crime, right? Yeah, okay. absolutely, violent crime. Any yeah. whether you murder or not, like. And the, I I think to be clear, when we're talking about like you know we we hear oh uh, what Jeremy's talking about is police officer friends. Uh, there's that part of the justice system that we're talking about. Like obviously it's the same justice system, but I feel very differently about how those things should get managed because you know someone who you know goes around smashing windows and stealing from people's cars obviously there should be some level of accountability for that of course but we're not talking about someone who's run over four people with a truck and and no one says that we are just it's 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 different we're talking about very different things yeah i just um i i saw a lot of frustration with okay why couldn't this guy have been you know given four consecutive or five consecutive life sentences and 
in practicalities, it's going to be the same. I don't like the aspect of families having to redo the go through thing. a dime time again. That's that's the that's the one thing that I wish could be a little bit different. And uh, I know that there's been some some pushes to change that, and there, it's not the same as it was a few years ago. I understand, but just that's the one thing I wish it that opens could, uh, the wound every time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So every that, time that would be um, that would be the. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll leave that there, but that, that's sort of what I've been thinking about this week ever since that came in. But the good thing is, Nathaniel Development's been found to be a terrorist, and he will spend the rest of his days behind bars, and that is good. That is exactly where he belongs. Uh, let's talk about what is going on with the City of London's budget right now. And we are in the home stretch of what has been a tumultuous process. And I know that when it's a four-year budget, everything kind of gets packed into the same... Uh, the, the the same news cycle and it gets uh, difficult. I'm sure it hasn't been easy for members of council, it hasn't been easy for people in the community, but we are in the home stretch here. And Jeremy, you wrote a piece about what's going on with the library and you're a member of the library board. Uh, things have changed a little bit as far as what's going on with council, but they still haven't quite got to where the library board wants to see things. So just give us that update first before we get into sort of the, the broader conversation. Sure. So there was another round of debate last Thursday. Uh, there was some amended business cases presented and there was a chance to assess those amendments and see do the councillors want to change their votes based on the updates as they relate to the mayor's budget. Um, so in the first round of the library submission, we were roughly uh, 12 million over four years apart from what Mayor Morgan tabled back in his budget that he presented between what we asked for back in October-ish. Uh, we then amended our budget ask to kind of cut that ask in half uh, down to about 6 million over four years uh, with some backloading involved to let people get through the next two years and make some decisions. Uh, that was reviewed and uh, that was then broken down again into four separate asks. Uh, the year one ask was approved by council, which is really appreciated by the library because it has bought us time. It's bought us time to make some decisions, to do some assessments, and to figure out what our next steps are. The year two, three, and four increases were all rejected. Uh, Mayor Morgan has mentioned he's open to sit down with us in the future and chat. Uh, we did have a couple of business cases approved as it related to improving some technological infrastructure structure um, and improving some collections available for kids, teens, uh, young adults, because our collections data is through the roof right now. I think we had 4 million items taken out in the last three months from the library, as an example. And in that process, the digital collections were now paying upwards of 80 or $90 for an ebook because the publishers know how many times they get taken out by library users. Anyway, so we're, we're kind of moving forward with what we have. There's one more public debate on, I think, the 27th. Uh, then there's a final vote on the 29th, and then I think everything has to be wrapped up uh, first week of March. They're saying nothing looks like it's going to be vetoed as it stands today. Uh, so really, I mean, as a board, we're grateful for all of the positive feedback that came from our community. Uh, we're grateful for everyone telling us and telling councillors and the mayor what the library means to them. Uh, we're grateful for the councillors that are able to step forward and ask to have everything re- uh, reviewed that we were asking for. And I mean, we're grateful for Mayor Morgan recognizing that. Our oh my goodness gracious! Get off the I'm board. I'm trying to be nice here. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Um, that, 
I'm I'm choking in the sweetness of this whole comment. There's a but. So Uh-oh. we are grateful okay. that we're, we have about $5 million approved in uh, kind of right away upgrades to facilities and then completing an asset management plan with the city for the rest of the upgrades needed. Very good. The problem is, is that accountants have one opinion of what assets should be in condition wise and then actual people that use the facilities have a different uh, opinion. So that is being worked out behind the scenes right now. Um, and so I guess I can really say to the public uh, to answer some questions that have come forward nobody on the library board wants to close any branches but when you're in a situation where you have an amazing unionized staff when you have so many fixed costs as it relates to properties that you own services that you purchase that you have no wiggle room on what they cost you inflationary pressures of the last four years your options are really limited to things like how many hours are you open and how many buildings have you got open if it's up to us nothing would change but we only can deal with the money available to us well that's the real world jeremy and stuff has to change and if if you've got a branch that isn't effective and it's dragging down the whole system, then you got to look at things differently. I don't. Do care. we have ineffective branches, though? Do you think? Yeah, no. I do. Okay. Yep. Stats, stats say otherwise, but yeah. that's, that's my <laughs> position. If, if uh, I wouldn't do it on on air because I, that's not fair. But quite frankly, it's a business. It isn't a business. It's paid for by the taxpayers, but it's still a business. I want to know, like, same same thing to me. How does it happen that the BRT goes so far out of out of whack without council being asked for more money for it prior to spending it? Like, we're we're we've we've lost our mind here. And what remind me what the, what the total budget is now? Uh, for the entirety of the city of London, yeah, uh, it's it's well over a billion One a year. Yeah. Billion yeah, yes. Yeah. And what what increases it? Is it eight point eight point eight in year one, or eight point seven rather yeah. in year one? Well, is that's the current number? Current, which could change. Could change. Could go up. Could go down. <laughs> yeah, you know what makes me happy is that the former city manager from St. Thomas, and I accentuate manager, is coming to London because our city manager um, is leaving. So we're finally going to have some management done there that's done properly. And I was going to ask you about Saint the Saint Thomas, two point nine, two point nine increase. They got three roundabouts out to tender already. Sorry, I was just going to ask you about the Sandra Daters beer hire. Do you, good hire, yes, do you think? Absolutely. Okay. In fact, I spoke to people on council and said to them, "We goofed. You know, she applied before. Yes. And didn't get the position. Correct. And then she left town. Correct. And she." absolutely proved herself in Brandt and look what she did in St. Thomas. I welcome her with open arms because I think it's a different kind of management style we need now. Scott, 8.7 is where the, the, the number currently sits. Obviously, like we said, that, that, that could change, but we're still going back and forth on what the library situation is going to be. Transit's gotten most of their money, not all of their money. Uh, uh, where, where do you think Londoners are at on this whole process? Because I think tumultuous is the right word. Yeah, uh, I, would, I would not argue with that, with the use of that word. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's it's hard to gauge public opinion on this kind of thing. I mean, nobody wants to pay more taxes, right? I mean, eight point seven is a, a lot. That's a number that that kind of is you know because we went through you know years of of very small tax increases, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people kind of got used to them. And and then you see eight point seven seven you know averaging out seven point five a year for four years. That's not small. Um, you break it down, it's, you know, for the average homeowner, it's less than a dollar a day, but 
It's still more. That, it's still more. It's still more money coming out of people's pockets. That's that, rubbish because it's multiplied. It's not just one. It's one, two, three. Yeah. Right. So yeah, go on. Yeah, you know, and then it becomes a yes. percentage of that increase yes. in the next year and so forth. And we're still so, comparing it to old house prices. Wait, t- wait till our houses mm-hmm. are reevaluated. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, if the question is where are Londoners on this, I mean, ultimately we'll find out in the next election. But, but I think by and large, your average person is probably not going to be very happy about eight point seven. Um, but again, I think to to, you know, to to other points. I mean, there are there are some services in this city that that require some some additional funding. Transit is one of them. The library is the other, uh, one of the others. So you know, again, I. It, it's going to be hard to see where people come down on this uh, kind of on on mass until we get to the to the ballot box. But I think ultimately, you know, no one's going to be happy about about eight point seven. But what are you know, what what is the average Londoner to do aside from, you know, hold their nose and pay their taxes and then have their say, you know, in the next election? I agree with that. Uh, I will say this. I think that there is going to be some pushback. And how much? I don't know. There is going to be a conversation surrounding, hey, the bus route that I want another bus on didn't get that. Or the library branch that I love closed down. And But while that was going on, there was a huge hike for the police. And whether that's fair, and I understand that the police and library and the transit, the way that all these things are funded are different. But that is going to be a conversation and that there are counselors who are going to have to provide that explanation to their constituents. And they may have perfectly reasonable explanations, but some constituents are going to reject them. And that's just the, and, that's just where we're at right now. And I, and I can't stand the bullshit when council members say, well, I didn't vote for that. Uh, I didn't vote for that. I, I, I voted against the budget. What do you mean you voted against? The, the budget is set. Right. What you vote against is the levy, which means you don't get any money anyways. Like... Stop playing games. Sit there around the table. If you want to lower it, do it. Bring the motion, get a seconder, have a, have a debate, talk about it. Don't say, I didn't vote for it. That's nonsense. Abs- I'm so tired of some of the members of this council, I, I got to tell you, already. So I think, though, if... If someone says, hey, I'm upset that, and I, I know that Jeremy doesn't necessarily want to hear this, but I'm upset that three years from now, Library Branch X had to close. If a counselor said, no, I voted to fund that library business case, isn't that, isn't that fair to say, hey, you know, I voted to fund this? Yeah, I never said that. I said against it. People who vote against the budget. Oh, that, against the budget, like that yeah, final symbolic yeah, yeah, vote. Yeah, okay, that, 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 that's, that, that's different. Okay, you know, yeah. and, and do it do it at the table. Like... I hate the I hate the I hate the cost because I know it's going to really hurt number of people who are renting. Um, there's a number of seniors out there who, I mean, I got a call. Would you come and evaluate my house? I haven't been selling real estate for years. Well, I'm going to have to sell my house. I won't be able. We're just holding on, and that's the problem I have. This is going to put people over the edge, because this is, because they're going to impact is going to cost their houses they're going to pay more money it's going to cost a lot of people a lot more money so that's my worry is you're going to put a lot of people over the edge so where should they cut no well i'm not on council but i can sure as hell tell you where okay i drove here and all the lights were red there's no other cars going in any other directions there's nobody out there in the street working nobody's working you see this weather 
This is beautiful in February. We never have opportunities to work on our streets. Nobody's working. Why not? The, so spread some road work out to save a few bucks is well, one of your the, suggestions. The BRT right now is has gotten it's over their heads. They're over their heads because we're so far behind. The cost of the houses that they've bought uh, along Wellington Road, like there's there's that whole thing should be looked at. Why is it 167 million over? And council didn't know about it till the budget. Right. Why, you know, where's the where's the communication between staff and the council? That seems to have been lost. Yeah, I think the thing is though, th- like that that's out the window, that's gone. Oh, like, I know. The, the, it's, oh, it's, I know. The, 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 to pardon the pun, that bus has passed us by. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we're looking yep. for something else to cut, it's got to be not that. Yeah. Well, you see, the, I'm I was never a proponent, and I'm going to get shit on. Um, for the new bus depot, there's a number, like the police don't need the training center, they don't need the, the lab. There's a number of things that they got to be prepared to. If you go in asking for lots, you should be prepared for cuts. And that's the thing. The police did ask for a bunch of stuff. And I think that's where the heat is going to come yep. for this council is you gave them, you gave the police this, this number of things. And I will say uh, on this podcast right now, on Tuesday, you're going to hear a conversation with myself, Chief Ty Trong, and Ali Chabar, the chair of the police services. Great. So you're going to hear that on Tuesday on this podcast. Oh, I've got lots of questions for them, and I'm sure they'll have good answers. But... Uh, I think there are some people in this community wondering, okay, why why is this bill this high, five percent ish of the of, of the eight point seven percent tax hike, and then I'm maybe losing a library branch, or I'm maybe not getting a bus route that I wanted, or there's no new service to this particular area of the city. Like, so there's going to be people wondering that, and I don't think it's an unfair to wonder why that's the and the police have been underfunded, but you can't go from zero to a hundred. And in one that's year. and and I agree with that entirely. Uh, we've been kind of kicking the can down the road on police mm-hmm. funding for a long time in this community and now it's time to pay the piper as they say so that means you have to hire a bunch more officers that's fine if you're hiring a bunch more officers that means you got to like ease up on the training center Correct. and you got to mm-hmm. ease up on a few other things and that's not what they've done here and this is the result and now when it comes time to fix the leaky roof at a library branch there's enough money around Jeremy yeah so, so here's what we've done. So I'm going to be democratic again for one more second, Cheryl. Okay. Uh, we've appointed or elected boards for police, for transit, for the library, either a combination of provincial appointments or city councillors selecting people to join. And those uh, boards then collaborated with their senior staff to make a budget that they thought was best for their organization under their own mandates of governance and being fiduciary, all those sorts of things, blah, blah, blah. What we've done now is the police can take their budget, present it to council. Council can't pick things out of that budget. They can say yes or no and if they say no that goes to a provincial tribunal and in london's history it's only ever been sent to that provincial tribunal once which was under matt brown's mayorship and then they changed their mind and backtracked so we've never gone to a hearing and then when you turn and look at transit, you look at the library, they don't have a similar mechanism where you can have your budget request that's denied adjudicated by a third party, right? And then so now what we're saying to organizations like the library is we're saying, oh, well, you're not getting what you need from council despite you know, being a public service that has a 95% approval rate. When we think about people through snowballs at Santa Claus, nobody has 100% approval rate. And if you don't have enough money, you either need to get creative with what you have or you should start fundraising. Uh, the London Public Library has a group called Friends of the Library. A yeah. hundred of the most loveliest people on the planet who work 365 days a year, um, selling books, doing various things to generate money for um, added value services at the library. And every year they give us a check for about $80,000, 
which is pretty amazing. But that goes to show that like when you need, you know, three, four million a year and it takes a full year to raise 80,000, fundraising is not the answer. Uh, the province has not increased the library provincial uh, grant. I know Scott mentioned this in a previous podcast since like the 90s, right? We get about $600,000 for 16 branches. Uh, there's really nothing from the federal government unless it's for a specific purpose under a specific program that you've applied for. So then we're looking at while you put a fantastic event on recently, their big breakfast, they announced it raised $170,000. So you need basically 1.25 YOU breakfasts per month for the entire year to make up the funding gap, right? Well, then do one of them. But let me tell you, somebody breaks in my house, I don't call a librarian. I call the police. The, the, you, the, the degree of need in the community now is not a Yeah, block. but if I want a book... I, or I want like, you know, somewhere for my kids to go check out, yeah. you know, fun programs and things, uh, things to do. I don't call a police officer. I call a librarian. You know what I mean? I get that the one no. is higher stakes than the other. Oh, come on. I'm, but what, you're, but, you're oh, milking this. The two of you guys are milking it. It's uh, not just about the library. No, no, I get that. All I'm saying is, d- d- to me, a library is a core function of municipality. Well, it isn't though. I, I understand. And it's but not in the I, act. Either, no, I understand so. that it's not in the act as a right. core function. I, I just like mean... This the life very important thing, though. right? Well, I, and yeah. the, the the feds in the province need to step up here. I don't dispute that. But there's, the, li- there's yeah. library in every school. Secondly, yeah. how about the art museum? How about the the arts and the like? See you, the, you ar- the arts. The arts is where I I, I, lo- well, I, I, lo- I lose because, ground a little bit. Okay, yeah. so do I. But but the point is that if you need someone to come to your house because you're getting it broken into, you don't call. Sure. A, you call the police. I, I, and that's I agree. what people are suffering from now. I agree. We've got an issue in this community that we don't have enough police officers. Like, I agree. However, like we said, if the if all the increased money, of more than half the increased money goes to the police, and that's just one border commission, there's going to be people in the community who wonder why that's the way it went, right? Like that's, and, and, and they're going to give council some heat for that. So they're going to say, okay, how come you like, and again, council can't itemize what the police do and don't do. Oh. But you, Hold you, on, you guys are wrong. Sorry. Okay. We, we, Murray came in and wanted to buy all the Crown Victorias. Remember when I remember. Ford was closing? Yeah. He came in and he. Uh, I remember Bud Polehill talking about that and how that would work. And he didn't yep. think it was a good idea. I remember that well. Shit mm-hmm. hit the fan yep. because we uh, dictated but you can say, how much do these two cost? Okay, this is how much we want you to take out the budget. Yeah. And what we're looking at is we're looking at these two items that we could perhaps down the, I agree. Down the road and, and, yeah. talk about. So, yeah, so you that, can but, do that. Yes, I know you can do that. And the act doesn't say that. But if you say to the police, okay, we're going to give you what you want in this four-year span minus $24 million. Correct. And we don't know if you need to do the training center. You would suspect that they would take out the training center. That's right. And they're not going to run to Toronto because there's no support. Community supporting them now. They want the other, they want the two things out. And I think the police have to understand that sometimes you got to be a little bit more malleable when you're in a situation that people just don't have the bucks in their pocket. I don't think they'd run the Toronto on a training center. Just, I feel as though that would be needlessly combative for something that you like, especially if they're like, okay, we can do the training center, but we're going to not, we're going to not really start it until 2027 type of thing. You know what I mean? Like it's. Well, there's all kinds of things you can do. What if they made the new, the second lav a bookmobile? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I think we should no? sell sponsorships yeah. no. for the second laugh. <laughs> yeah, People have suggested we should sell naming rights for the library as a way to, to yeah, make Yeah, that's gaps. not a bad idea. But what we're missing, though, is libraries are more than just books. They're more than just audiobooks oh, and sure. whatever else. People are going to libraries when it gets cold for the homeless population. They're in there as a warming shelter. Uh, shelter sorry. There's people yeah. teaching new immigrants how to read. How uh, There's people teaching seniors how to use computers, how to use how to develop job skills. There's um, housing settlement workers for new immigrants. There's mental health workers for okay. people living on the okay. street. There's so many services. Jeremy, you are so smart about the library. Now shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I think when we say they don't need what they're asking for, we're overlooking how much value is being added that people have no clue until they need it. Right. Um, we can both support that our police need more resources to do the job we ask them of and also recognize that other agencies are falling short in yeah. the process. And- I, I agree. I've got no problem with saying, hey, we've got to hire a bunch more police officers. You look at the, the wait times for various types of calls, yeah. and you look at the pe- police officers per capita, all that stuff. I don't think it's unreasonable to say, hey, we need a few more people around here. This has become a work environment issue. Well, and going back to your original question from before about how, how all of this is going to play in the public, you know, because optics are a huge part of this. There's no denying that. And I wonder, I wonder if all of this would be a little bit more palatable if... If the police uh, board was willing to say, yeah, you know what? I mean, 8.7 is a lot. People are going to be pissed about this. So from an optics perspective, why not take out the lab? I was why not take out, you know, you know, so then you can say the new tasers, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like be reasonable with your request at a time when, like Jeremy said, other boards are, are crying for money and other services are in need of investment. So. Again, I'm not. I'm like you. I'm not opposed to the idea of more police officers. Yes, we probably do need them. Mm-hmm. But do we need another lav? No, we don't. At least I don't think so. And yeah. and I'll I'll you we'll, know I'll, we'll I'll see how the that, chief that and, and Ali Jabbar want to explain that they're going to be in this very studio yeah. with me so, at some point soon. So again, from an optics perspective, maybe this maybe the public is more willing to accept this if the if some of the budgetary requests are pulled back a little bit exactly. from, from police. Yep. And some of those kind of high profile items like the training center, like the lab are taken out. And we just say, yes, we still need the, we still need an increase for more officers, but we can wait on this. And that's, stuff. and that's, and, and this is the analogy that I used on, on the show earlier this week. When my son comes to me and his birthday's not until April, but he says, dad, I want yeah. this video game, this video game, and this video game for my birthday. And I want this and I want this. And he gives me a list of 10 things. I say, buddy, listen, you're getting three of them. Maybe. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, like I know you want a whole bunch of stuff, but there's also Christmas. There's all, you know what I mean? Like we yeah. can, we can spread this out a little bit. Let's be reasonable. And so. mom and dad are not made out of money. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And taxpayers are having to make choices in their own life, in the grocery store and everything that they're doing in their life. So the least they can expect from the boards and commissions in this com- in this community is to look at it with that eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that and wholeheartedly. Yeah. Uh, well, so we'll see what happens on Thursday and uh, we'll have a review of whatever the, the final decision-making process is on this uh, podcast coming up on Friday on next week's roundtable. Uh, I want to talk about one more thing before I wrap up. And that is... Uh, a conversation that's been sort of in and out of uh, of London City Hall, I think for a few years now, oh, yes. where we're talking about the f- uh, flyers and anti-abortion graphics that people want to see the municipality regulate. And my position on this for several years has been, I'm fine with the regulation of this, some of this types of imagery. It's, it's, it's very disturbing. I'm fine with there being some sort of rules surrounding where and when you can use it and all that stuff. However, I don't think the municipality... Are, 
are the people that should be carving this out. This is not something that should be at Oris Katolik's office uh, over a bylaw. Yet that's where this conversation seems to continue to happen over and over again. I, I don't understand why that is, Cheryl. I feel as though that's, yeah. Uh, completely, this, you know, the council's out of its depth. Uh, you know, they, unfortunately, what we used to use, the analogy we used to use, not the word we used to use, oh, shuffle off to Buffalo. Whenever we couldn't solve anything around the table, we'd shuffle it. And that was giving it to staff, and which was unfortunate. But look, let me tell you how much I hate them. I hate the images. I hate that. I hate the fact that you've got this old bugger who's holding a sign. And when I drive by him, excuse me, I tell him to fuck off every time <laughs> because what does he know about an abortion? And what does he know about the decisions that women have to make because they have to make sure that they're okay first before they have these kids. So I hate it, and I hate it. It's on the corner of Commissioners and Wellington Road. It is absolutely dangerous to every driver who mm -hmm. glances over to that. It should never be allowed at that corner. That's that's first part, part to stop. Don't have it at that corner. Look at the accidents uh, on the schemata, and that's the one mm -hmm. of the worst ones. That may be the worst intersection yeah. city. Yeah, nope. and we've got all these idiots standing around here protesting with horrible graphics. So, no, I hate it. But municipality can't do it. I mean, it's not up to the bylaw enforcement officer to go in there. Can you no. imagine sending or sending two guys in there and saying, well, just move along? Now, These people are not going to move along. They'll probably throw them over this, the fence and keep their signs up. Yeah. This, to me, if you want to get this solved, you're going to Queens Park, you're going to Ottawa. Oh, totally. Because you're changing federal criminal code stuff, which <laughs> might be, but but you're, you're at the very least changing provincial law well, stuff. Well, the, yeah. the, the post office doesn't deliver um, if it says graphic yeah. on it. And that's federal. Yes, so, it is. So, I mean, it can be changed totally. Yeah. So, council needs to butt out. We don't need to yeah. give Orst any more problems. Yeah, Orst has enough to do. Yes, he uh, does. <laughs> <laughs> he, I, I, like, I don't think he would say that, but I will say that on your behalf, Orst. I know you listen. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, I, I just don't understand why this is, and maybe it's just kind of like a, a red meat thing and you've got constituents who don't like it. So you go to council and say, hey, we're going to handle this for you. Uh, maybe maybe that's why this comes up all the time. And that's you, you, a you terrible feel as though, analogy, red meat. Oh, oh sorry. Oh. I just, she's a chair. Oh, okay. All right. I got to grab um, a chair here. Uh, uh, okay, I will, I will amend the analogy and say <laughs> maybe it's just an issue that, you know, you can score political points on. Mm. And maybe you, like someone says, oh, I don't like that graphic, uh, that graphic sign at Wellington Commission. Oh, okay, I'm going to go to council and try to get that taken care of for you, and you've helped a constituent. Great. Again, I agree with everyone who wants to not have that happen anymore. I just don't know if London City Hall is the place where we should be yeah. going that, to, that to solve the problem. That you're talking about abortion sure. or anti-abortion. Yeah. It's not. It's about women's right, federal, provincial. Yep. Because it's a healthcare thing, too. Yes. But yeah. out so council. Yeah. And what we've done it provincially too from a healthcare perspective because remember we passed a whole bunch of bylaws about hey you're not allowed to protest uh COVID-19 stuff outside a hospital <laughs> it wasn't COVID-19 specific but yeah mm -hmm. and you got the new counselor in whatever ward it is he's in um gonna he's gonna drive this like for god's sakes see when council members can't see past their neighbor they can't see that when you're a council you got to look at the whole city mm -hmm. you got to look at how silly you look yeah. Well, I, here's, I don't even know if anyone, uh, I, I just think that this is not the place to solve this. I get that we want to solve the problem. Oh, We're going, it's, it's, it's the, the analogy I use, it's like asking uh, your plumber to, to pave your driveway. Like, no, no, there are people out here that do this. Like, yeah, yeah. it's not mm -hmm. these, yeah. it's not these.
Yeah. So, I mean, as a parent, I, I'm quite frankly disgusted by the fact that I have to drive down commissioners with my children and they see a picture that basically it's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a dead baby. There's it, no it, exactly. Yeah. Um, and you know, that infuriates me and we're in an environment where I can't get out of my car, grab that sign and smash it, or I'm going to get arrested. Um, <laughs> and so at the same time, I think you're both totally right in that this should be either a provincial or a federal issue. But once city hall signed up to deal with the street preachers, they've opened Pandora's box and that they now also yeah. have signed up to try to address things that are not being taken uh, upon by provincial or federal governments. And what I would want to know is we have laws against public obscenity. We can't put giant posters of nudity, sexuality uh, in public. Why can't we just amend those sorts of laws to include graphic depictions of dead babies, right? That seems like the most the simple solution. But. We should have naked fat people in front of the diet store. You know, I mean, it, it's getting silly, really. Come on, like, you're right. Forget it. Like, come on, council. You're, you can't be all things to all people. Yeah. We'll leave it there just because well, if oh, I could, Scott, sorry, we'll be, I, you I, got I, last I, take, then no, we got to no. go. Well, and, and I, we might actually not be leaving it there because yeah. I, I, I'm curious about, about one thing because I, I agree with all you guys. Municip the municipality is not the place to deal with this. Um, but there's a couple other elements to this that, that kind of, you know, light a little spark in my head. And one is, is something I said to my 17-year-old daughter last night, and oh my God, did I ever get a look. <laughs> we were talking about a, a different issue entirely. And I said, like a true 51-year-old man, uh, you know, I got to tell you, I'm a little bit concerned about the expectation of emotional safety that your generation has. You know, it's like, it's this idea that no, nothing, nothing can happen that might offend me. None of these things are allowed. And, and there's a small sliver of that in, in this, not a big sliver, but, but a small sliver of it. I agree. Those signs at, at Wellington commissioners are disgusting. Yeah. The people who hold them, I think are very misguided Totally. and, and probably, you know, maybe in need of a little bit of, uh, of a talk, uh, <laughs> But, but here's my question. If we were to say you cannot hold these signs up anywhere because, you know, they are, they are pictures of, like you said, essentially a, a dead, dead baby. Mm -hmm. Is there a concern then that that could then kind of filter out to something like, for example, if there was to be a, a protest march? about what's happening in, in Gaza right now. That's what Jerry and there were, bought And up. there were posters, yep. people carrying posters of children, of Palestinian children who have been killed in airstrikes. Same sort of thing, well, not same sort, but but dead dead babies, right? Pictures of dead babies. Are we, uh, are we going to say, these pictures of dead babies are not okay, but, but these are okay because they're, you know. Well, that's, that's what Jerry know. Pribble said at council. Mm -hmm. It's not just about the one thing, it's about everything. And, and the, you know, what, what we're gonna do is we're, we're gonna clash with the government, we're gonna be in court over something that municipal government shouldn't spend any money on. So I, I think that they need to butt out and tee this up and send it to the province yeah. or the feds. Yeah, the, the, the city hall is not the place to deal no. with this, I totally agree. No. We, got, we have to leave it there because now we're uh, out of studio time. But uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's an interesting element of the conversation. So if you're a member of Ge Generation Z who's upset about what I said about emotional safety, 
uh, skitching at blackburnmedia.ca. <laughs> yeah. I, I will I will accept your your emails of complaint. I understand. I don't know how many Gen Z <laughs> listeners you got yeah. around here. We'll see. Good point. Yeah, I, I hope I, I, we're we're always looking to get more. Uh, thank you very much to Cheryl and Scott and Jeremy for doing the roundtable with us this week. Of course, the Craig News podcast is powered by our friends over at Downtown London and the Covent Garden Market. You can find us at LondonNewsToday.ca, ClassicRock981.com, and wherever. You get your podcast. The Craig Needles Podcast is a presentation of the Blackburn Media Podcast Network.